Josh McGarry, a pastor at Aletheia Bible Fellowship in Portland, Oregon, and this is Heartscribe Verse by Verse. It's a show where we go through the Bible expositorily and we study the implications of the verses that we're going over on the inner person. So today we're going to start a new series. We're going to start our series on the book of James, and this is just going to be a quick intro video. Um, it's not necessarily going to be as long as some of our other uh, Heartscribe videos, but it's just a quick intro. So let's go ahead and we're going to dive into it. Um, when we're looking at the book of James, a common misconception about James is that it's really a book of works, as as uh, it's a book about works, as opposed to a book about faith. Um, it's one of the reasons why James almost wasn't canonized. It seems to go against the idea of faith for the person who doesn't really understand it. But the truth is that it's not really about works. It's more about faith, but the faith behind the works. And we'll get into why that is. Um, it can be kind of confusing, but not when you really unpack it. See, the, the thing is that James stresses the need for like a, a living work that carries specific relevance to our gospel message. Um, you know, the message of hope, the message of repentance, the message of forgiveness, and of course, uh, love. And so it's a very specific type of, um, it's a very specific type of book. It's very much um, a wisdom book, if you will. Uh, it, it references actually quite a bit the wisdom of Christ in the Sermon on the Mount. Um, there's actually 22 references in the book of James. In the 108 verses that are in the book of James, there's 22 references to Christ's sermons um, and specifically Christ's Sermon on the Mount where he presents the Beatitudes, which is just a fancy theological way of saying the attitudes that you should have, the Beatitudes. Um, you know, blessed are this, blessed is that. Um, there's all, every single one of those blesseds is, is uh, referenced in the book of James. Um, he likes actually referencing a lot, a lot of wisdom type stuff. There's 10 allusions to the book of Proverbs in the book of James, and there's six more to the book of Job on top of those, those 22. So when we're talking about James, one of the things that we want to look at is the structure of James um, because of how it relies so heavily on the wisdom of Christ and, and the wisdom books, uh, we're going to view its structure basically as being another wisdom book. It's not in the Old Testament where we think of the wisdom books, but it's in the New Testament. And it makes sense that James um, should then be viewed as New Testament wisdom literature. And the reason why is because, as I sort of alluded to earlier, he spends a lot of time teaching us how to live as Christians. How do we think? How do we speak? How do we act uh, in our faith? And um, though there are only those 108 verses in five chapters, there are actually over 50 of those verses. So, so basically half, just a little under half, which are directive in nature, telling us how we should do something telling how Christians should live. And there's lots of themes in the book of James that are gone over, really important themes. There's um, trial and uh, endurance and doubt and wisdom and prayer and desire and 
faith versus works. There's sickness. Um, there's uh, how we use our tongues, slander, gossip, uh, things like that. There's fighting, infighting, quarreling, strife. Um, there's planning. There's God's will, favoritism, uh, the rich and the poor. There's a lot of themes in the book of James. James, he really wants to touch uh, the heart of people. He really wants to aim directly at the heart of people and and examine what a sinful heart is inclined is inclined toward doing, and then he wants to prescribe courses of action for that sinful heart so so that it can become something that's God honoring. Um, so in this way, James is very much like a quality control manual for Christians. It can be used as a way to check ourselves uh, against uh, the the scripture and how we should be to, to really check our heart. Um, and it's rather quick, rather efficient. Like I said, it's it's only got 108 verses and in five chapters, which is very, very small as opposed to the book of Proverbs, which has, you know, over 20 um, or the book of Psalms, which has, you know, over 149, <laughs> that's 150. Um, but even like, even uh, Psalm 119 is like the longest chapter in the Bible. It maybe even has more verses than the book of James has combined. Um, so it's, it's actually a really quick breakdown of the processes behind the idea of righteousness and how we can live righteous, righteously um, and how what breaks that down and what makes that better. And so there's actually several important topics here in the book of James specifically. So he talks about how sin works with the inner person. Uh, he talks about how testing produces endurance how to and how not to pray. He talks about how evil grows in us and the process by which it overtakes us. This is really important if you're one of those people, like we all are to some degree, who just can't seem to get away from um, evil creeping up on you. This is a good book for that. It's a good book to help you understand what needs to take place for transformation to happen. He talks about anger and selfishness, um, and how those things destroy righteousness. So there's a lot of things and it might seem like the focus is difficult, but actually there isn't that much um, in terms of what James is really focusing on. He, he's actually very, very focused. Uh, James really weighs heavy on the idea that all Christians are competent, specifically that all Christians are competent to live godly lives especially, especially in trials and suffering. And he attacks really any ideas that work against this competency, including direct sin and even indirect sin and ignorance and um, any of those things. So James's main focus is just on this idea that as a Christian, you can and should live competently. Uh, he speaks his, his audience, the people that he's speaking to, are very much a first century audience, though. And they are a first century Jewish audience, to be specific. And this is, this is actually really important for, for us as Christians, which is who my audience is, um, talking to Christians, right? James is a first century Jew. His audience is that of first century Jews who were converted to Christianity in Israel. His audience is therefore Jewish in nature. 
And so it's, it's written to those people in the first century. They had a Hebrew understanding of the world at large. And why that's important for us is because they had certain presuppositions, like the important uh, holy nature of the law of Moses and the supremacy of God. And I just I want to take a moment to point out that that's really in stark contrast to how the, the other books of the New Testament are written. The 27 books of the New Testament, um, 13 of them, 14 if you count Hebrews, were written by the Apostle Paul. And his approach really served a Gentile understanding. He was really... Uh, he was really there to help the Hellenistic Jews and the Hellenistic converts, um, the Gentiles, to understand who God was. But they didn't have the same presuppositions. Uh, and that's largely, that's a reason why Paul's work is, is really relevant in outreach. But for James, his work is really relevant, not so much in outreach, but in, in understanding uh, what it meant if you were already a Christian, if you already had those presuppositions in place. Um, here at Aletheia Bible Fellowship, we call it upreach. Um, it's also the reason why some thought for a long time that James and Paul were at odds with each other, which I alluded to earlier, right? Um, but they're not. They're just really looking at the same uh, coin from two different sides. They complement each other. Um, and so for us, it's really uh, a valuable book because the book of James does what we do as, as Christians, right? It assumes the supremacy of God and it assumes that people want to respect his commands. So that means that if we're going to take our faith seriously as Christians and we want to grow in that faith, this book is a very good, concise way to do it. So as you can see, there's actually a lot packed into just these five short chapters and 108 verses. And you can do a much larger introduction, but again, the purpose of HeartScribe verse by verse is not to do um, a giant um, comprehensive uh, reading. It's to do one that lets you have a launching point for your own studies. So I, I would encourage you to study about the book of James as you're going to read it. Uh, hopefully these uh, points have been helpful for you and you're excited to go in it because um, we're going to spend a while, probably a really long time, breaking each verse down and gleaning as much wisdom uh, from them as we can in our study. So the next study is obviously going to be chapter 1, verse 1. Um, in the meantime, what I would ask for you is that you read that chapter. You read the whole chapter. We're probably only going to be studying a couple verses in it to start with, but go ahead and read that whole chapter for yourself because there's a lot in it and come back ready and prepared to join in this study with me. And of course, please share this content, subscribe to it so that we can get more people studying with us. Hit the notification bell, um, as they say, so that you know when the next study posts. Thanks for watching and of course, uh, stay vigilant.